Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. All right, appreciate you tuning in tonight. Women's World Cup. We've got a live game going on right now. Sixth minute, scoreless United States and Netherlands. Canada won early this morning. 2-1 over Ireland, so a big uh, win for them in their group. They play Australia next. Blue Jays played this afternoon, 8-1 win over the Los Angeles Dodgers and the Edmonton Elks getting ready for the Saturday game against the BC Lions. 3.30 for the countdown to kickoff here on 6.30, Chad, and the game will start at 5. The Lions looking really good this season. They are 5-1. and one. They shut out the Elks when they played back in week two and uh, a big reason why their defense is so good is this guy he already has 10 sacks defensive end Matthew Betts joining us tonight on Inside Sports well Matthew welcome back to the show this is Reed how are you doing I'm good how are you Reed it's been a while it's it's uh, it's been a while but it's nice to have you on the show uh uh, I got to admit, I, I liked watching you play when you were here, and I, I've enjoyed your success with the Lions, though it's been tough to see against the Elks. Uh, but, man, oh, man, uh, is is this season – like, how come you're getting to the quarterback so much, man? Um, listen, there's no uh, particular reason that I could point at, but I am just staying true to, to what I do good. I mean, I, I play I play with, uh, with high effort, and I think we got a good thing going on here in D.C. in the past – Couple of years with uh, with the D line crew. I mean, we most of the guys are back from last year. We only we only lost one guy from from the 2022 season, working with Bowman there. So we we got our thing going, and we have a lot of fun doing it. And yeah, it's been going pretty well so far. Well, uh, you know, a sack is. I, I still think we don't talk about sacks enough. I know Jason Moss when he was here, he had, uh, or maybe he was even going back to Cavis Reed. But I know there was a previous coach here who said like, if there's a sack on a drive, it was something like 93% that the, the offensive team doesn't score a touchdown. They either punt or kick a field goal. So a sack is such a huge play, uh, especially when they only got a couple chances to make a first down. You mentioned the, the, the continuity on the defensive line. I just had Mookie Mitchell on the show, the former great receiver, and he talked about that bond between quarterback and receiver. Tell me about building familiarity with your fellow defensive linemen, and and are there things that you guys can kind of do spur the moment or just before the snap because you're so comfortable with each other? Yeah, well, I think it's more about covering each other up if uh, if somebody takes uh, a gap or somebody can loop around somebody. So I think we just have a feel for for each other on who's going to do what. Uh, guys, different rushing styles. I mean, for me, on my side, I usually, well, got a couple of rushers. I mean, I it's either... Woody Byron, Menard, or Cherry, and I mean, since I, I, I give this example a lot, the day one of training camp, I I took an inside move on a just a base down, and I mean, automatically Cherry wrapped me, and that was day one of training camp, and I think that that goes by to show that it's been it's been a work in progress since the 2022 season. I we all rush differently, we're all different players, obviously on the D line, but I think everybody kind of knows who's working how and who's playing to whoever's strength. So I think that's, that's been helpful. And we, we, we work hard at understanding blocking schemes and trying to figure out how to attack people, where the quarterback is trying to escape. 
and we're just trying to do our job to, to help the team out as much as possible and create uh, create pressure on the opposing team quarterback. There's been a lot of talk as well about your defensive coordinator, Ryan Phillips, who's uh 15 years with the Lions was a player in 2005 so you know ultimately he hasn't been coaching that long I guess still maybe relatively young for a coach why has he been so successful as your defensive coordinator what does he bring um well I, I think you you nailed it where he's relatable since he was a player for the BC Lions so he, you can't fake being real and I mean the his love for this team and for for the players is, is genuine, and we can feel it. Obviously, he wants to see us succeed. He does a great job to put us into into success successful positions. And to me, I mean, it's football is football, but I think he, he's doing a good job at keeping it keeping it without quite simple. So. Um, makes us go out there, play fast, and uh, usually the results come. And he, he likes to see us making big plays, and he, he's cheering with us, and he's celebrating with us even uh, even sometimes more than the players themselves. So, I mean, guys enjoy playing for him, and uh, the whole staff on defense is doing a tremendous job there. I spoke with Bowman, uh, Travis, and uh, and Tanya. So, yeah, we got a good thing going on, and we're just trying to – as best as possible and keep improving for the end of the year. Well, n- nobody's gotten to 20 points on you guys except for the, the one week Toronto was kind of able to pull away in uh, in week four and get to 45, but you've held everybody else to 19 or fewer, including shutting out the Elks in week two. It's pretty hard to get a shutout in the CFL. Tell me about that accomplishment and if you'd ever been on a, a winning side in a shutout before. Um, good question. Maybe, maybe in college we had we had a good team in college, but uh, can't remember, can't quite remember. But uh, I remember week two after after beating Edmonton, it was it was a big deal in the media. For me personally, it wasn't like after the game, it wasn't something that I was going crazy about. But reflecting back on it, it's uh, it's such, it's hard in the CFL to do it because it's such an offensive-driven league. And I mean, obviously, everybody's got good players, everybody's got weapons. Um, so to keep somebody from scoring a touchdown is huge, but zero points is uh, it's definitely impressive. But uh, it's in the past. I mean, we did good stuff on that particular game. I mean, we just watched the the film this week. Edmonton only had 40 offensive snaps, so our offense helped us out by staying on the field longer. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's the three phases of the game need to work. The offense needs to, to sustain drive. Special teams need to, to have a good day, and we had a good day on defense. So uh, it's in the past. Now we're working on, on, on trying to be 1-0 this week and uh, just trying to do it best as possible to, to try to limit the damage against Edmonton. Okay, I, I, Matthew, I can tell you're trying to steer me away from talking about past games, but I don't get to talk to you very often, so i got, I got to ask you about one other one. I mean, you shut out Edmonton, you go into Winnipeg, where they rarely lose, and you held them to six points and won by, by 24 points in that game. I think that was a huge statement game to show that you guys could go into Winnipeg and, and, and win like that. Did, did it feel like that at, at the time? Well, at the time for that Winnipeg game, um, I think it was just uh, you say statement game for us. Obviously, it was 
it was the rematch of the Western Finals from the previous year, so I think everybody was just motivated to go out there and and just to have a good game. Obviously, it's not it's not the playoffs, it's not the it's not the Western Final, but uh, we felt like we we wanted to go out there perform well, and from from the first snap of the game, I think we. We played physically, so I think that that was that was a good thing on our part. Played really fast, and I'm talking about the whole defense. But uh, one thing that was big for that game is looking back at it when we corrected it is that we made really really few mistakes. And to win football games, I think that the, that's the combination you need to have: play with, uh, with with high speed and high violence, and also limit the the mental mistakes, which is hard to kind of combine these two but when you're able to find that sweet spot that's when you have success so we're trying to recreate that as much as possible it's something that's difficult but we're working we're working on it every single week to, to try to achieve it and i like how you put that high speed and high violence that's a pretty good attitude for a defensive player matthew betts from the bc lions joining us tonight on inside sports you're playing the elks uh you know obviously a lot of the chatter here is that they haven't won a game cornelius is struggling i know as an opposing player you like you said, you're trying to be 1-0 this week. You're not worried too much about uh, pass games. And Cornelius has shown uh, he can get away from a pass rush and, and hurt defenses with with his legs. What kind of challenges does that present where you have a big guy who can't escape pressure sometimes? Yeah, it doesn't change a lot in the way I play, but we're definitely conscious of that. Um, I mean, I, I played, obviously, in Edmonton, played with Taylor, uh, I, I only have uh, positive things to say about him, obviously, as a quarterback. Uh, I mean, he's a tall guy, great athlete, great dude, uh, can an arm, uh, can, like you said, can run. So, I mean, I'm, I feel bad for how things went for him in the past couple of couple of years and uh, earlier on this, this season. But I know he's a talented quarterback, and I'm not too worried that he's, uh, he's going to be able to give Edmonton a shot. So, we're treating him uh, with the respect that he deserves, and for us, we're just we'll go out there and just it's, it's the same game plan over and over again. We're trying to to stop the run early, and uh, after that, if it's a passing situation, we're trying to try to get in the quarterback's way, try to pressure him to, to force him to do mistakes or to take him down, and that that's just what what we'll try to do again on Saturday. So uh, the, the the recipe doesn't change whether we play Edmonton or whoever else in the CFL. Uh, it's pro football, so everybody's got their dudes and everybody can play. Matthew, I, I love talking to you, and obviously you were on when you played here, and you have this ability. I, I feel like you're a very humble and modest guy, and you're just keeping it very simple. You're just like, yeah, I'm just chasing the quarterback around. That's a, that's all I do. <laughs> you make, well, that's you make, actually, you make it that's sound actually so easy. All it is. That's all it is. You're well, playing tag. You're playing tag out there with shoulder pads and helmets, and you got dudes trying to stop you from getting the guy with the ball. If you put it simply, that's pretty much what we're doing. Well, you you probably put more thought into it at Hepburn. Oh, definitely. We we uh, we surprisingly put a lot of time into this. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I know. It's just I just enjoy hearing uh, how you how you explain it because you got a, a nice way of simplifying it for sure. Uh, you, I mean, you were here. You were a high draft pick of this team in 2019. Uh, uh, Edmonton took you, you third overall. Like, was it tough when you left? Were you surprised when they, they, they let you go to free agency, or how do you look back on that? Oh well, listen, it's it's been a while now, and I'm happy where I'm at right now. Um, obviously, very very happy to have the that Edmonton gave me the opportunity to come into the CFL. 
I um, will forever be grateful for Brock Sunderland and Jason Moss to bring me into to Edmonton. I uh, had the chance to, to work there with uh, with D Max with the D line for for a couple of years. Um, so yeah, I'm happy that I had the chance to be there. And uh, but the reality is that uh, with pro sports, people change uh, change team change teams from time to time. And I'm just fortunate to, to be here in BC now in a great environment with good people. And uh, I mean, my mind is just here 100% with the, with the Lions and trying to help them, help them win some football games. So uh, that's where I'm at right now. Uh, I, I, th- I think, correct me if I'm wrong, I think in the off season you got to work out a little bit with the Jacksonville Jaguars. When you get that opportunity with an NFL team, what, what, do, they, what do they put you through? How hard is it to, to prove yourself sort of in that that environment, you know, in an off-season workout like that? Yeah, well, that that was uh, that wasn't planned really. I actually had a workout with uh, the Chargers and the Jaguars in December, so it was. It's really it's not much. I mean, they they've made their due diligence before that, so I mean, they they've watched the film and they they already know who I am. So I basically. You fly there for 24 hours. It's mainly to do the the medical stuff, so just to see uh, your health and if you have any any injuries. So that's pretty much what I did. They put me through like some. I would compare it to combine workouts, not necessarily the the 40 yard dash and all those shuttle tests, but just like moving around, like more like an indie work or linebacker and D line drill. So that's that's what I did, but. Without a pos- without a position, so it was just mainly to meet people, the medicals, and just to run around a little bit. Um, I felt very fortunate to, to have these opportunities this off season. It's not something that I planned. Um, it was positive all around. It didn't end up working, but uh, like I told you, I, I was happy with the opportunity. Met people, actually ran into my old linebacker coach with the Bears when I was in Jacksonville, so that was pretty cool. But uh, I'm here now, and I'm, I'm really, really happy to be here with the Lions, and we're we're having fun so far this season. The third of the season is behind us, so, so we're trying to focus on, on what's coming next. All right. Well, and, and uh, speaking of uh, of Jacksonville, i got to ask you this, because that was such a huge story last year. How do you think Rourke's going to do down there? You must be thrilled for his opportunity. Uh, listen, Nathan, um, personally, I'm excited. I mean, training camp just started, and I mean, I'm looking forward to see him the preseason. Obviously, with, with Jacksonville being what it is, Trevor Lawrence is their guy. But let's just say that if, for whatever reason, Nathan ends up being on the field, I would be the least surprised if he has immediate impact and immediate success with that team. So um, everybody here obviously wishes him well. Um, but, I mean, Nathan, with the talent he has, the effort he puts in, I mean, if, if ever, for whatever reason, he gets to be on the field, on the field with, a, with a legitimate shot, I would be the, the first one that thinks that he would do really, really good, actually. Yeah, right on. Okay. Matthew, thank you for checking up with us uh, or catching up with us here on Inside Sports on uh, on 630, Chad. Again, you're having an incredible season, 10 sacks already in six games. Uh, we'll, we'll, see, uh, we'll see how you and Cornelius and the Elks defensive or offensive line go head-to-head on Saturday. It's going to be a fun one, man. Thank you so much for your time. Well, thank you, Reed. We'll, we'll talk again soon. That is Matthew Betts, defensive end for the BC Lions. And, uh, yes, as he was telling you, drafted here uh, to Edmonton. But uh, he didn't, uh, as you heard that answer, didn't want to get too much into how it ended here with the Elks, uh, just focusing on what he's doing with the Lions. And he's, he's doing a lot. Huge impact player. Uh, I mean, 
uh, somebody was talking to me the other day said if you if you listed off MOP candidates, he'd have to be uh, in the conversation the way he's playing for sure. It is 7:20. Netherlands has scored against the United States. They're now in the 21st minute, one nil. Netherlands leading the U.S. at the uh, Women's World Cup. You can check in at 780-496-0063. Speaking of Taylor Cornelius, Dave Campbell spoke to him today at Elks practice. We'll have that conversation coming up. It's Inside Sports on Chet. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta Injury Lawyers, the heavy hitters of injury law. Okay, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. And Matthew Betts on the show. Uh, yeah, as he see, he makes it sound pretty simple, but uh, <laughs> more, more, I think he has to process things a little more than as he was saying. Oh, I just get out there and chase the quarterback around and try to let the other dudes not stop me. I'm sure he's he's putting a little more thought and analysis into it very quickly as he's doing those things, which he's going to do against the Elks on Saturday. It's on 6:30. Chad countdown to kick off at 3:30. Game is at five. We had Paul Sir on the show last night. He's uh, with uh, Basketball Canada and the Executive Director of Basketball Alberta. And we got the uh, FIBA 3x3 event in Fan Plaza in Ice District coming up Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So the, the men play on Friday. There are women's and men's games on Saturday and then the women's playoffs on Sunday. The Canadian team, ranked number one in the world, led by Edmontonians, twin sisters, Michelle and Catherine Plouffe. They've been on the show plenty over the years. So they play at 10 a.m. on Saturday against Poland and then at 11.55 on Saturday, just before noon against Japan. Those are their two pool games. And then uh, the quarterfinals on Sunday start at 1. The championship game is at 420 on Sunday. So just to uh, plant that in your head there, if you want to uh, head down there and check it out there is ticketing this year as paul said yesterday the prices are, are quite quite reasonable especially for the uh, quality of competition and the fun that you're going to have watching the fiba 3x3 the elks are hoping to finally make it uh, fun at commonwealth stadium and get a win there jones uh, was asked today teams talk about this all the time trust the process keep putting the work in trust the process how hard is it to do that when you're sitting at 0 at 7 there's a lot of times when you, you're, as a head coach, you're like, did, did, did we try this? Did we try that? Because there's some things that you try with some teams that work, and then you try it with another team that doesn't work. You know, So we've just tried to remain uh, as steady as we can, as consistent as we can. Uh, we're going to work hard, and, uh, and we're going to make sure that we're coaching them. You can't overthink this, right? And that maybe is the danger is <laughs> yeah. overthinking something. Yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, you think you're going to recreate the wheel and, and uh, you know, you try to put them in the different scenarios to try to make them mentally think where they are and, and understand, okay, we need four minute and 20 seconds. We've got a timeout and a challenge, you know, to try to put them in that situation. Then the next week you're, hey, you got uh, 37 seconds and we need a field goal with no timeout, yeah. you know, so that they're having to try to mentally put themselves in the position in the game. All right, a little bit there from Chris Jones speaking to Dave Campbell earlier today at practice. This portion of the show has been brought to you by Cougar Paint and Collision, our family helping your family for 40 years. You'll hear from Taylor Cornelius. We're going to play Name the Animal and uh, more from you at 780-496-0063. Coming up. 